Welcome to Boating Insights. This is a podcast about achieving your boating dreams. Brought to you by Above and Beyond Boating. We deliver the leading courses to skipper your own boat. Hello, I'm Neil Driscoll and today I'm going to talk to you about marine toilets. That's you heard me correctly. I'm going to talk to you today about marine toilets. Now, just do me a favor. Give me 90 seconds, and uh, I promise that the, I will keep it clean, but I've just got some ideas I want to share with you. First came up very recently, and a, a great and old friend of mine um, was on a sea survival course I was teaching, and uh, we got onto the subject of seasickness which and safety briefings, and that led to toilets. Uh, a an area he and I are both passionate about is that often people give these awful, awful um, scare stories trying to put people off of using toilets and uh, and basically what happens on the boat, that is obviously not for their whole lives, and what happens is that people don't drink water so they get heat stroke and they don't eat and they they don't go to the loo and it, it that generally is what causes... A, a significant number of people that are new to boating to think that they're seasick is actually just because they've not been eating and drinking properly and that's kind of led one thing's led to another and they don't feel great so the first idea for you is that rather than sort of the the scaremonger stories which is often told or instructing me well, you can't do this and don't do that on the toilet just tell people look before you use the toilet um just flush it um, and if you you know and if you can't make it flush, come and get me before it's embarrassing, and uh, and then I'll show you what to do. Um, that's really all you need to do. You you, you know it's, if you're finding if you've got a setup that has more than more instructions than that for people to use your toilet, you probably just need to take a, a look at how you got the boat set up. So I asked for ninety seconds. We've cleared that. So those of you that are still here, thanks for um, thanks for sticking with it. The the next thing I wanted to talk to you about is um, after the briefing is what um, what to do in terms of maintaining and caring for it. So um, one of the reasons that the um, uh, the heads, aside from obviously cleaning, that can smell is um, the salt water is one one big one. So uh, flushing your um, like closing the salt water inlet and flushing the toilet through with fresh water, um, especially if you're going to leave the, the boat for a while, makes a massive difference over time. The next thing is the toilet out pipe. So they're generally only a three year, um, even you know the high odor resistant are only a three year uh, time before you're meant to be looking at changing them. Uh, I also tend to find I I don't have a scientific reason for it, but you know, I've managed a lot of boats in my life. The toilet outlet seacock um, connection to the outlet pipe uh, tends to be one of the first seacocks to fail. It is a big hole in the boat when that seacock fails, like very big um, and often in an awkward place to get to. So it's a good idea, you know, to be particularly mindful of that one. And if you are ever changing the toilet outlet seacock, it is well worth just changing the outlet pipe at the same time because it's only a meter of hose and you've already got a, already got a ship right or you, or if you're a bit handy, you're already doing it yourself. You're halfway there. You may as well finish the job. The next one is um, in terms of the actual servicing. It, they're generally... Well, I'm look, I'm yet to come across a toilet that's 
m- m- amazingly difficult to service. They're normally, it'd be electric or manual, they're normally fairly straightforward. I'd highly encourage you to learn either, you know, under the guidance of a shipwright or a trainer or, or a, you know, an experienced friend, um, how to service your toilet. Um, pretty much, other than if you didn't have water coming in, the only real reason that you're going to have an issue is going to be somewhere from the bowl going to the outpipe. There's kind of one-way joker valve there, and that's where things tend to get caught, and it's actually often just two screws um, and a fairly easy fix. So although it's no one's favourite job, it's a good thing to understand how to do, and I usually find the less competent someone is with a screwdriver and a spanner, the more scaremongery they'll be in the briefing. So, you know, just... I, I, although I've unblocked a lot of marine toilets in my life, I can't say that I enjoy it in any way, but you know, it doesn't mean I want to put people off. So if you're not confident in understanding how to service your toilet, um, I would highly recommend getting that as a skill. So we've got the briefing, we've got the maintenance, we've got the smell. Um, and then if you are going to have a rule, like oh, only what you've eaten goes down the toilet or... Um, uh, you know, you can only use a certain ply of toilet paper or whatever. I mean, I hear all sorts of rules and some of them are good and some of them are crazy. But um, make it easy. You know, is there a bin? Is there a sign? Are you making sure there's only one kind of toilet paper on board that's the kind that, you know, you've specified needs to be there? Um, and, you know, you'll have many people tell you that you should only have manual, you should only have electric, you should only do this, you should only do that. Um, but... If you make it simple for people, then they'll, um, they'll be more than happy to oblige to follow your rules. And um, I hope some of this can be helpful. So thanks for sticking with me for our toilet podcast. Yeah.